Hello and welcome to Just One Corneto, a Greenup Morton podcast. You can reach us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at The Morton Forum. All of our panellists appear in a personal capacity and as such, any views expressed are personal to them. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Spice Rum is inspired by Clydeside's heritage and Inverclyde's incredible scenery. Their carefully selected aged rums are infused Scottish raspberries, golden syrup and exotic spices. Tank Spice Rum is blended with the finest Caledonian water whilst retaining its spiritual Caribbean DNA. The new Morton Club edition is available now and coming soon, Titan Orange Rum. Titan Spice Rum Reggae Retro. Head over to titanspiritsltp.com to order your bottle today. A fucking school of the lowest head in the crowd that night. I just apologies that we should be put out of the fight. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Just One Carnetto podcast. And joining me to analyse Saturday game, we have Mr. Chris Dodds. How are you, Chris? Hello, I'm back. I'm back with a bang. I'm alright, mate. I'm good. It's nice to be here. It's been a while. It has. In it was quite funny, because I, I was listening to that advert there and I just had a, 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 a an article pinged into my work inbox about a certain Indifier gaffer just now. And uh, you, as, as far as I was concerned and half listening to the advert, it was saying, uh, G-O, G-O, G-O. <laughs> I was like, I cannot think of better timing, man. <laughs> yes, so I'm going to apologise now to, to anyone who's listening. My voice has decided to abandon me. So, yes, I'm having to kind of shout here. So... Yeah, one each draw. Um, same start eleven as as last week. Heading from that impressive result against Inverness. What were your thoughts on the start eleven then? I thought it was a very wise choice by Diggy. Um, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Um, if Ambrose had a very good first game, so it was it was no surprise to see him start again at the back. Uh, I think there's the potential for him and Bird to have a very very good partnership. Um, it's a settled squad as well. Not that there's much room for changes or anything like that, but. It was very settled. Everybody knows what they need to do. So I was quite happy seeing that sort of solidity and consistency. Something that Morton's not had in the time that I've followed the club. It's it's quite nice to have that just now. Instead of four changes every week or three changes every week in the hope of getting a result for a, against a specific team, there's evidently a system in place, which is which must be nice for yourself as well to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the continuity always helps. It's always as a manager having that pool of kind of thirteen, fourteen players that you you know that you can rely on supplementing that the players round about you I think that's yeah I think that's a big benefit you know we're not at a point as obviously it was good to see Lyft go back on the bench on on Saturday hopefully he's he's not far away obviously we're we're just kind of down to two centre-backs at the moment so if Lyft goes back in contention then we're a stronger squad for it but yeah I think even you look at the bench kind of players like Pignatiello, Cabia, King we've got players that can come off the bench and contribute as well which given how threadbare the squad is that's again it's it's a big strength to have Smallest squad in the league, by the way. Yes. 19. Cole's the closest with 22. I think I was looking at it on Saturday. Yep. Oh, it's, it's definitely, I think, looking towards January, I think we should be looking to, to strengthen the squad. I think especially given the way the championships panned out this year, where no one really looks like separating themselves from the pack at the top of the table. 
you know, it's yeah, I think we should be we should definitely be looking for reinforcements in there. So yeah. sorry, I'm gonna go. No, I think you're I think you're totally bang on. Um I mean there is certain players out there that that could come in and do a job. I think it's really important that you get Grimshaw on a extended contract, at least until yeah. the end of the season. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think even if you can keep until the end of the season, that'll be a that's a bonus. Yeah. Because um, there's no chance he'll be here next season. He's, he's too good for the championship. I think he's, he's so solid and he is consistent as well. He's your he's your Mick Ledger, but no offense to Mick Ledger, but he can actually play football. He's not just yeah. a kick-headed defender. So having having that option and natural width at right back really really helps. And then it is just kind of getting that striker in as well to give to give uh, Boobs a bit of competition at the top end of the park. Yeah, I think the we obviously there was a marked improvement last year when Brandon came in. Now Grimshaw's a completely different type of player, but again, bringing someone in in that right hand side with that just that touch of quality. Um, we obviously saw Brandon was was far too good for the championship last year, and I think Grimshaw's going to be the same. I think hopefully the the Dorada money helps in terms of putting a good deal down in front of Grimshaw to keep him here for the rest of the season because when you've got Grimshaw at right back and you've got Strap at left back, that's two very, very good fullbacks at that level. Quite a quite a blessing to have. Yeah. Uh, like, like like you say, for the, the two and a half years building up to um building up to Dougie coming in, you had no natural width on the right hand side at all. And then the second that um you get somebody like Jamie Brandon in, just they go on a run and they get quite high up the table. Probably just missing out in the playoffs again, so it's not yeah. rocket science. Don't know why folks think they can shoehorn the central defenders into right backs positions. So, so tell you what, Andy Cook's got here in front three minutes in, kind of free header by Akinyemi. It's it's kind of hits off the goalkeeper and then Cook's there to follow in the rebound. What did you make of that one? Uh, obviously, quite disappointing to a lose a goal like that in the box and b I think it was from a set piece, wasn't it? Yeah, am I right in saying that? Yeah. So Dougie will be yeah. disappointed to lose a goal for a set piece because. Recently, they look most of the season they've looked quite solid for set pieces, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. Um, I think it's just been a momentary lapse of concentration, and a let's be honest, a quite high stakes game. When was the last time Morton had a game of that significance? Like, I don't think we've had, I don't think they've had one for a while. So, um, I think there'd have been a wee bit of nerves in there, but they did. The, but um, I think you mentioned that Jack Baird maybe lost his man a bit too easily. So, could he have? Switched on a bit earlier on. We don't know. Just hate the moment in it. You want to try and get the ball clear as quickly as you can, especially when you've got a guy like Akinyemi playing against you. But yeah. um, it was it was a brief lapse of concentration, and they're not very regular under Dougie, so can kind of let it slip, I guess, can't we? Yeah, absolutely. I think if we're looking at the goal, Beard's been tasked with marking Akinyemi. He's as the deliveries come in from the left hand side, he stepped across. Akinyemi's got loads of space. Whether he made a connection with it, I don't know or not. Just from, from the kind of angle, it's, I'm not sure whether Akinyemi actually gets anything on the ball, but um, Schwaki's obviously kind of caught. Yeah, not. I wouldn't say caught cold. I know you were saying that, that Amri was kind of critical of him in press. I, uh, I'd be loath to... If it's one of those awkward ones where the ball's, if the ball's coming uh-huh. in and swinging, you can't win as a keeper because if you commit to it coming in as the initial cross and the striker gets a touch on it and he's yeah. getting empty net to aim at, you look like a dick. And then if yeah. you don't, if you if you don't anticipate it getting a touch and it doesn't get a touch, but yet you still miss it and it goes into the net, you look like a dick anyway as well. So he's done. It's a difficult one to deal with. And it's just one of those, it falls to Kirk, he's in the right place at the right time. And aye, it's it's a frustrating goal, but there's also, yeah. I'd Sounds be, similar to Darren Levitz at Parkhead, to be fair. <laughs> I'd be not, more, a, not, 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 not trying to compare it, but like just that situation of like, you can't, 
like as a goalkeeper, you're you're really stuck as to what you're doing. With a ball coming in like that, do you anticipate? Do you not? At least at least Brian has made an attempt to at least make a save and claw it back out. And it's just unfortunate it's landed to Kirk, isn't it really? Yeah, it is. It's it's unfortunate. I think the the strange thing is the fact that we've got ourselves back into the game um, so quickly. It's obviously Katongo back post header. It's a good it's a good delivery in. Um, and Katongo's taken it well. I think it was Akinyemi that was that was that was marking Katongo and he's managed to get himself no up there and, No. Ah, was it? I think so. I mean, that would make more sense. But no. I mean I think it was, and I think Katongo might have pushed him in the back, but it's wee bits of luck <laughs> like that that you that you need, you know? Like yeah. in games like that you need a wee bit of luck or like we we nudges to go unnoticed at that, so ah, fair play. No, absolutely. Um, so obviously the two goals have kind of sparked the game into life. What was your thoughts on the first half in general? I thought after the goal, there was only one, for the first half at least, there was really only one team in it. Like Morton kind of had the majority, from what I saw, had the majority of possession. I thought and the, towards the end of the first half, obviously it was yeah. quite, it was two teams that were trying to outwork each other and not really give a lot away. I think both Lee Bullen and Dougie will have went, right, whatever you do, just don't lose the game. Because it's just that sort of league just now where it's just don't, pick up no points because there's a good chance you could either move up or stay in the same place but I thought that in terms of actually managing the game they managed it very very well and and like kept themselves in control of it and kept the ball moving and just managed like that front line of Mullen Akinyemi and who's the boy on that left hand side was it Chalmers mm-hmm. yeah they managed them quite well I thought Strad didn't give Chalmers a, a sniff like, all afternoon and then neither did Grimshaw either so um, they can be quite proud of that for the first half at least anyway I don't know what you thought yeah it was very much a game that I wouldn't even I wouldn't maybe say that both teams were, were content with a draw I think it was just just a case of obviously air, air shifted to the back five and took them by the time they kind of got to grips with that then kind of looked to build into the game, but I thought we, I thought yeah, first half we definitely grew into it, and for all air probably had more air had the ball in our final third maybe, but I do you know the first half I think we I think we played well without without necessarily threatening much. Um, it was it did kind of it said that game was always going to be tight, and it is one of those games where set pieces have played a big big part in it, but. For all, I think we probably shaded it in the first half. Um, I would then say that you probably shaded it in the second. But I think over the piece, I don't, I don't think either side could could make a a kind of claim that they deserved all three points. I think it was very much both teams. Yeah, both teams just trying to work around each other. I think we saw two very physical teams refusing to let the other team have anything. Um, two two teams that are very good at cancelling each other out. Yeah, two two quite workmanlike, two quite efficient teams, and yeah, they're... which which if you look at the managers of both teams, yeah, like it's, it resonates resonates them in a way, doesn't it? I think Bullen can I listen to Bullen last week in a while and had mentioned it on here, and can I listen to T's media after the game? Very well spoken. I think he's a manager that I rate. I think he is going to go on and, and have quite a good career in the game, and yeah, sure they had a good career in the game. I, as a manager, obviously. X hundred times for Sheffield Wednesday now, like, is it not? Aye, I mean as a manager, you, I think he'll be on. Aye, I do. I, I think, do he'll think go he's... on and be a successful manager. Yeah, I think he's got. Yeah, aye, bang on with that. I think he'll do very, very well but as a manager. You can see error very, very well drilled. I think they're possibly. I think they're the. I'm trying to think how to word this properly. They are the best. Disciplined. They're very well disciplined. I think they're up there with us in terms of the best game management. Teams that are very, very good at game management in this league. 
I think Ayr are very good at it. They commit their fibbles at the right time. They take bookings when they have to. They're very clever in how they defend in terms of, even just in terms of getting the back line a breather when they have to, taking the sting out of the game. It's normally one of our, it's, I think it's one of our biggest strengths under Dougie at the moment. And I think that was mirrored in here. And yeah, it was just, it was a tight, tight game, I think. Had Cabia obviously a great strike from the edge of the box and kind of clips the angle of the post and the bar. If that goes in, you'd be delighted with it. But yeah, I don't think either side could make a, a real claim that they would deserve all three points. Ah, bang on. Totally bang on. This is an important message from the Tale of the Bank Credit Union. Remember that we are here for you. We share this message often because it's important. Don't get hooked in by loan sharks. Avoid the pitfall of debt solutions. Stop, take a breath and consider your options. Tale of the Bank Credit Union are Inverclyde's credit union. We are non-profit making and put our members first. Call us for a confidential chat before falling into the trap of high rate lenders or debt solutions that aren't right for you. Contact us via creditunioninverclyde.com by phone on 01475 734 655 or via our social media feeds and see how Inverclyde's credit union can support you to save, borrow and plan for tomorrow. Alright, so any any final thoughts on the game before we, we move on from there? Very good point to take going forward. Yeah. And in, in, in the long run, it's a very good point because if you're sitting there at the end of the season and still second place, first place maybe, then you sit and go, Aye, that point's kind of done as well here. Whereas if you lose and they go six points clear on it, it could have been. Then you're sitting there going, oh, we kind of kind of let it run away first there. We could have done better. So, nah, very, very solid point to get, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, again, it's for all, obviously, we, we kind of moaned about the goal, but decent per- a decent defensive performance against, kind of, obviously, Akinyemi's the, the top scorer in the league. I think they've got good attacking players. You look at Mackenzie O'Connor coming off the bench. They do have options in the forward areas that can go and hurt teams, and I think we, I think we played very well. I think um, Effie and, and Schwaki were, were two of the best players on the park. The two of them, the two of them played very, very well. And yeah, it's a good goal from Katongo. We've obviously not not always been the most prolific with his head. To see him got on the end of that, yeah, absolutely a point they'll take under the circumstances. It's a good form going, and it takes us nicely into next week. So. Obviously, Partick, Partick next week, they've had a bit of a, a sticky patch at the moment. What do you make of them at the moment? I think injuries have totally knackered them in every way, shape or form. Um, they've got an injury list as big as Rangers at the moment, don't they? And with as, with, with as important players as that mob up the road they've got out. Um, as, who, who have they got out? It's Graham, Tiff. Uh, well, they're missing, they're, they're missing a fair few. Aye, they're, they are. But the, the big two are obviously Graham and, and Tiffany. Um I'm actually just trying to have a look just now. Obviously, um, Muirhead will be will be out as well for Saturday. Muirhead's suspended, yep. That's a good shout. Um, he, I can't remember the last time he finished a 90 minutes. Neither can I, mate, but um, it's, no, it's not really our problem. David Mitchell's been quite hit and miss for him as well. Yeah. Just looking at that midfield, like, up front it's Dowds and Mullen. Not very, well, there's one that's not very mobile and there's one that's very mobile. Um, Cole McKinnon in the middle of the park. It's strange. I think so, so strange. Obviously, the, um, the manner of the defeat Kind of two 0 up. Your head goes off. There's uh, aye to lose three on the bounce heading into that one. Then be conceding at least three in all of them. Yeah. Then be two 0 up. Then get a. It's it's the worst kind of capitulation under the worst sort of circumstances if you're Partick. I, I, I don't think there's a better time to play them just now. To be fair, is there? Let's be let's be real about it. No, because they will be sitting going. Jesus, when's a lot going to turn? Yeah, I think they will. I think the flip side of that is. Partick fans, Partick players, they will be looking at Saturday as, right, this is where we get back on track. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we've... They've, not got, they've not had a good record at Capolo. No, no. Last time, the, last, time they it, last time they won at Capolo was the one where Tam O'Ware scored before New Year. Yeah. It was either after New Year or before New Year, one of the Um So that was what, 2019? Yeah, I was at. In fact, yeah. It was the last game that I was at before I flew back to Singapore. Yeah, 2019. So um, the, the history's kind of... The way history works, it's either going to be a 0-0 draw or a 2-1 Morton win. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I think they'll they'll be flying. I think they'll be not confident, but I think they will be determined come Saturday that this is where the bad run where the bad run comes to an end. I think the warning signs have to be there for us in terms of yeah, we're on a good run of form. We are playing very well. We've got a settled squad. We've got that continuity. We've got players that are capable of hurting any team in this division. Mm-hmm. But there is also that warning sign of if we're not absolutely bang at it in terms of intensity, our pressing, the way that we play and the t- the tone that, the tone and tempo that we set in a game, then... And there's every chance you <clears throat> get scudded 5-1 again. Yeah, there's every chance. And don't get me wrong, this is nowhere near the stronger Partick side that took five off us. But I get... It's still the same Partick side under the same manager. Uh-huh. We... Who are a wounded animal. But they'll be, f- here, they'll be feeling the pressure as well. Yeah. Like they'll they'll be really really feeling the pressure just now because they're, they're now down in seventh with undoubtedly either the biggest or the second biggest budget in the league. They'll they've set out with the target of winning the league. Yeah, and yeah. they're currently making really really bad work at. And I think so, if there was yeah, I think you would look at when you look at Partick and you look at the budget they've got this year. You it sounds daft to say that you would expect better. They're sitting five points off here at top and top. Like the obviously the top end of the championship is ridiculously tight, but to have lost six games out of 14, to have conceded 27 goals in 14 matches, that's a worrying sign. Like injuries or not, that is a, a very, very Something's worrying sign. And to sit seventh out of tenth. Yeah, and when you look at... They conceded three or three teams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they conceded three at Queen's Park as well, did they yep. not? Um, but I know, sorry, sorry I interrupted you. Keep on going. When you kind of, I'm, I'm almost jinxing it here, but when you look at where they are as a club, it was a point that I'd made to you. When you look at where they are as a club in terms of the takeover, the obviously the the accounts were were released. There was quite a bit of a bit of reaction to them. They don't appear to be a particularly united club. Mm-hmm. Now, there's times where that doesn't have any impact on a dressing room, but yeah, if everyone's at each other's throats internally, it's not a platform to go and succeed. And I think in this division, yeah, it's it's a tough tough gig. And you've also you then look at do they stick with McCall who was a very popular appointment, kind of reading from Pai and Bovril. Fans appear to be kind of split at the moment what they want, but you then look at a point where if this poor run continues with the World Cup coming up, do they risk spending more money getting a manager out, a new manager in, giving them that time to work with the players ahead of January? It's Yeah, where do you do you see McCall lasting this season by then? I see McCall lasting this season and next season and the season after, because if what he told me in April is true, then he's got tenure at Partick Thistle. Never heard a manager say that in my life, but I'm only 21, so it could be possible. I mean, it's... I, when have you ever heard a manager go, I've got tenure at a club, I can leave when I want? Aye, I've never heard that. <laughs> that's, not, it's not, that's, that's not me having a dig at you, McCall. No. That's, that's legit, like, um, I went and was part of a university, like, we were doing podcasting in uni, and part of our... Um, part of our podcasting module was to go in and do a Partick Thistle podcast in-house. Um, obviously, Ian McCall was the first one we spoke to him about quite a lot, but um, one of the questions was just what does Partick Thistle mean to you and what do, what do you mean to the club? And he went, well, I'm a, this is my club and 
I can I think I'll be here for as long as I want to be here. So either he was very confident at that point that they'd go up or what have you. But if he's I don't really see oh yeah, I've got tenure here changing, mm-hmm. you know? Um I mean, look, I think the fans do like him. I, I think they'll always like him as well because you got them out the out the first division again. Um but I don't know. F- results could could be a driving factor. We'll see. We'll see. No, absolutely. I think the only thing I'd actually meant to check it before we came on here. The only worry I would have is I think that was Grant Gillespie's either fifth or sixth booking of the campaign, um, which will potentially take him into the threshold of a of a ban. Gillespie, Gillespie five's a ban, isn't it? Six, I think, is a ban. Six, I think six is a ban. Um, I'd meant to double check Wait, it. Before this is where we need Stephen. But this is where we need because Stephen will clear that up for us. If if we are missing Gillespie, I would be slightly less confident for all. I would have no qualms putting Pignatello into midfield. Maybe, yeah, probably as a straight swap. But I think Gillespie has been... Gillespie's been very, very influential in how we play, in particular how we defend this year. So heading into still quite a high-stakes game without him, yeah, he's a player that I'd much rather have for a game like this. Ah, you're, you're quite right. And there's a leader on the park as well. Mm. He's ushering Cameron Bowes about. He, even Robbie Crawford, like, I know they're similar ages, but... Um, He's he's very much taking that captaincy role to not to heart perhaps putting a negative slant on it when I'm not meaning to. But he's he's taking he's proper stepped up. Yeah. And it's good to see. I think he's a player who could play quite late into his thirties as well as Grant Gillespie. Mm-hmm. Um just purely for his playing style. And as he's a, a, I think he's a really, really classy player. Yeah. Um one that Morton are very lucky to have just now. Yeah, he's he's one that I get we'll we've said it on the podcast numerous times. He didn't arrive to a great fanfare, I think. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a signing that anyone was particularly overwhelmed by, but he's been very, very good. And I think you look at the personnel that we've got in the kind of midfield area, especially if we are building play up, you look at having your two wing backs, the two full backs kind of going forward on both sides. You look at who we've got in midfield. Yeah, we're not we're not a team with obvious superstars, but I actually think that works to our advantage. I think Gillespie's probably the, the kind of prime example of that. We are he's he's very, very good in this shape and in this team. Hundred percent. I think he's a season's Jack Allen. Yeah. Even people are like, oh come on, we could do much better than that. Surely, like there's got to be a lot better midfielders out there. So all goalkeepers and Jack Hamilton, Grant Gillespie, and they've came in and been quietly surprised. Yeah. So long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was something that I'd noticed on Saturday, and it was actually I was comparing it to I don't know if you remember the air game we drew with them midweek down there, and it was during the lockdown, and we were both in on press passes. And how could I? How could I forget? <laughs> The thing that I'd noticed was how quiet Morton were and mm-hmm. there was no obvious leadership on the park and obviously when a game's been played behind closed doors that's that's highlighted a lot more than if there's a crowd there and it's a noisy game and a noisy atmosphere. But you compared, even on Saturday, you compared this Morton team to that Morton team in terms of communication and it's, it's unrecognisable. You look, you'd beard... You'd Baird screaming at the back four to get higher up the park. Grimshaw's a talker. You get Gillespie in there. Um, even in foot, it, it makes a big, big difference. A huge difference because it means that the younger players further up the park are actually being coached through the game as well as managed on the sideline. So it is, it's very, very promising just now because even having uh, Bairdy and uh, Cruyff in front of uh, Brian the goalie, like that's just... That'll, that'll do him the world of good because it's two very, very experienced. Let's be real. Ambrose has played at the, the highest level he possibly could because he's played for his he's played for his country. He's played at the World Cup, I believe, as well. So um, played at the Olympics. Um, 
And played played when Beard, Beard, he was on the park when he was as well, didn't he? Played that well, well, there you go. Ah, exactly. Played it right back as well. Um, so you look at that and you go, how can that? And then a no nonsense centre half like Birdie, proper epitome of a Scottish centre half in a good way. Not not don't mean that in a bad way. Um, having that in front of like a young guy who's just making his way in the game is another perfect mixture. There's it's so perfectly. There's such a good balance between young and old in that squad just now, and it's just it's nice to see. There just seems to be a right nice tune going through it. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely spot on. And tell you what, we will leave it there. So just before we leave you, um, tough result for the, the women's team yesterday. Um, was up watching that one in my civvies, which was a, a kind of strange feeling, but a, a 3-1 defeat to, to Renfrew. Um, a very capable Renfrew side that I think are, will definitely be up there, thereabouts at the end of the championship season. Um, yeah, it's, it was another tough result, not without a modern team that weren't without Endeavour, but just Renfrew are, Renfrew are a very, very good side. So, yeah. Positive though, Laura Darick is back. She has um, been a long road to recovery and delighted that she's she's back in the mix. She was speaking to her, can I be speaking to her on when she was on the bench? And yeah, she'd been back in contact training this week and felt comfortable to, to come on and kind of a wee, a wee kind of 10 minutes so that'll do her the world of good and yeah good good player to be taking back into it at this stage of the season so hopefully she's she's flying in among the goals before long so tell you what we will leave it there for another week so pleasure mate thank you for coming on nah no worries mate pleasure's all mine enjoyed that thank you very much and yep we'll be back after the party game well that's the show folks remember to check out themortonforum.com for the latest Morton news discussion and articles featuring the excellent match photography of GBR photographs make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and we'd love to hear your feedback or questions on any of our social platforms at the Morton Forum <laughs>